All right. Welcome to the True Exact Show. Today we have a special guest with us. Well, I'm joined here by the two other guests, Mike and Brian, but our special <laughs> one is uh, John Jastrzemski. You might know him if you listen to the fan as JJ After Dark. John, what do you want to be called? JJ, John, does it matter? Guys, whatever your preference. I think JJ is always easier, yeah. and I'm very happy to be on, although I got to admit, I'm quite jealous of the setup you got back there with the Jeter, uh, the, yeah. the bottle of wine. I mean, I guess that's the pitfalls of living in a one-bedroom apartment right now. You know, I can't deck it out to right. you know, my man cave fancy. Not yet, well, at least. I've been summoned to the – this is my basement. My wife kind of summons me or sends me down to, to do this. So I figure I make Absolutely. it a little nice. You know what I mean? No, I like it. Very, very yeah. artsy, very old school. Yankees, I mean, tremendous, tremendous. A little story about this bat behind me, 1996, really quick. 1996, Jeter's rookie year, we actually met him, and he asked which one was the youngest, and it was me at the time. I was with my brother and my one friend, uh, Cody. And he went and got the game-used bat for me and uh, signed it and gave it to me. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so nice. I'm looking and to sell Jeter it. Jeter from the ground up. <laughs> hey, listen, there you go, man. If there's some yeah. value in it, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a tough one to sell. Tough. I mean, if time, times are tough. I don't know how yeah. tough they are for you. That's a tough one to sell, though, man. It's very hard. I don't think you can get rid of that. It's very yeah. hard. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going to get uh, mad and uh, jealous because we had CeeLo on before you. We actually interviewed him uh, last week, so. No, 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 no. CeeLo's family. Come on, man. I'm not uh, – I'm not that vindictive. I'm not that bitter. Come on now. No way. I'll be happy to know. Uh, we told him he was the first non-rapper we've had on. You're the second non-rapper, so thanks for coming on, man. Nice. So I'm batting in the tool. Okay. So there's yep. a lot of pressure <laughs> pretty, now. Pretty much. Much. Unless, unless you want to give rap a shot right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, definitely no. not. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if you guys send me over – how about this? If you guys send me over some – rap lyrics then then maybe the next time i come on i'll uh i'll freestyle <laughs> with a guide but me literally just coming on right now and trying to rap no uh i don't it's think i'll do that gotcha i'll go i'll go straight for you and you can spit it on your overnight and then say there you go there we go just keep the foul language to a minimum i could throw that on here i don't know if uh the fcc will allow me to you know drop no. a couple f-bombs or whatever right right all right so jj let's get into your career path man because you're on overnight everyone loves you who, who's around us you're one of our favorites on the fan let's get into your career path how'd you get into radio all right so i'm in high school on Staten island new york Petridis high school and basically you get to the realization boys all right you're not playing in the big leagues. What are you going to do with your life? You know, that kind of deal. And, and WFAN was around. I was like, holy smokes, Wait, this is awesome. What age, do you, what age do you get to that at? Because I still have my dream. <laughs> I mean, listen, the dream changes, though, boys. I mean, listen, sometimes the dream can change and evolve. Like, the initial – like, right now, my current dream is to be on the PGA Tour. I mean, that ain't going to happen. So, I mean, you know, I, listen, when you're barely breaking 100, if you're lucky – then no, yeah. you're not going to be sniffing the PGA Tour. But, hey, I could get a dream, right? But, right. Um, of course. you know, I guess probably around 13, 14, I was like, all right, this whole radio thing is something I would want to do. So I was, like, looking in, all right, what college could I go to? Where is there a good place for me to kind of get the ball rolling after high school? And it kind of led me to Syracuse. I go there for four That's years. Cool. It was great. Uh, great times, great games, great parties, the whole deal. Um, and I graduate. And I was pretty prepared. I mean, you know, it wasn't the sort of thing where I went to college, went to class, and then said, oh, here's the piece of paper. Uh, fuck it. I'm ready to go work. No, not quite. Like, I was doing radio shows then. I mean, I'm working 
over at the two stations there. I'm doing post-game. I mean, we did the show from the six-overtime game uh, mm. at Madison Square Garden. So, like, I was – I don't want to say cocky, but I was fairly confident. I'm like, all right, right after college, I'll be in a good spot. I'll get a job. Now, as it turns out, I'm like seven, eight months out of school, and I'm not working in radio, which sucked. I mean, it was miserable. So right. I'm not – I'm not on the air. I'm doing some part-time uh, sports reporting down the Jersey Shore, making nothing. God, I don't even know what I was making at the time. Basically covering my gas and, you know, uh, a yeah. couple of drinks and a bite to eat or whatever. But FAN had this fantasy phenom contest. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sending out demos, I was like, this is perfect. I go, I mean, I got to give this a shot. Goes from 1,000 people to about 50 then they cut it down to five. And I don't know how well you guys know the Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah. But the finals were Bore on Mike's show. Right. So uh, once I got I'm down there, I mean, I'm with four other guys. And, you know, no disrespect to them in any way. But I just felt I had such a leg up because of all the experience and, you know, the reps and everything that I had. I interviewed David Robertson. I remember killing A.J. Burnett. And long story short, that's how my uh, start at FAN began, by winning a contest. Where did you go on the contest? Was that at Woodbridge Mall? <clears throat> yes. So I right. started at Woodbridge Mall. Then the final 50, they broke it up into five groups of 10. Mm -hmm. And I was at Stout right by the garden. They had like a little setup in the basement. So I was at Stout. And then, of course, the finals were at Barre, which was just, I mean – wild it's electric to think about yeah. was, it, was it like kind of surreal for you like when you cracked that top five you're like holy shit i'm in the top five well i was fired up about it because i'll yeah. be honest boys the, my, my main thought is no matter what happens this is going to be really really cool for my demo you know what i mean like i was yeah, like sure. wow I'm, I'm on Mike's show I, I knew at the time even if you lost in the finals they gave you like a two-hour show like over the holidays or whatever so yeah. I was like, all right, bare minimum, I'm doing one show. It's like it's like something. losing on American Idol. Yeah, you could have yeah, been the Clay, yeah, yeah, you could have been the Clay Aiken, the Ruben Stone. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, who um, who's the did Carrie Underwood win? I don't yes. even know. Did, yeah. She did win. Well, she, you guys would agree, she is probably the most successful out of yes. anybody on that yeah, show. And Kelly Clarkson. What about Kelly Clarkson? Yeah. Yeah. You guys have put Kelly Clarkson musically, like, success-wise, ahead of Carrie Underwood? Actually, you know what? No, I'll, I'll go Carrie Underwood. She's I feel basically that's why. I mean, yeah. listen, Carrie Underwood, I mean, flawless every which way. Don't get me started. Um, but, yeah, man, it was like one of those things where minimum I'm like, all right, I'm in a good spot here. But it didn't really dawn on me how many people were out in the crowd because you guys know Barre. It's, it's massive. Yeah. And I'm basically yeah. sitting under a tent for four hours watching everybody else go by. But then when I go up a little bit before five o'clock, I get up on the stage. Mike gives me the, hey, kid, how you doing? You know, the whole yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. And I look out in the crowd. I'm like, holy shit, there are a lot of people, man. But, <laughs> you know, you just go. Like, you turn a mic on, it's second nature, and you just you let it rip. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't teach that. You're built for that shit. Like, you can, you just know you could talk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is what Yeah, that don't intimidate me. Like, yeah. honestly, like, people ask me all the time, do you get, like, nervous? Do you get, like, anxiety getting ready for a show? No. I, if I know I'm in my comfort zone and I know I'm, like, working in a situation that, that works, that makes sense, I, I don't stress uh, about any of that stuff at all. Now, if I'm put in a situation and I don't feel great about, that's where you get a little bit of anxiety. But, you know, for the most part, like, 
me going on and like letting it rip about like a football game or a baseball game, and yeah. if I watched and I know what's going on, it's easy. Yeah. Well, luckily, uh, if you would have lost at Barre, <laughs> you could have just went and played Beat the Clock, you know? Oh, I did, and it's funny. Oh. Me. So, okay. uh, plenty of times I was down at Beat the Clock on a Tuesday night, and the weekend or the week after we won, where I won, and we, like it's a team, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> one on, I found that on Monday, I had won the contest. And after going, I kind of had a sense that it was looking good. But you don't want to count your chickens. You don't know. I didn't know what the process was or whatever. So when I get the call from Chernoff on Monday, I uh, text a few buddies. They go, yeah, we got to go down to Beat the Clock Tuesday and sell. Right. Mm. Did you, uh, did you, like, the more you were drinking, did you, like, hey, guys, I'm the winner. Like, do you remember me? No, no, no. no. (laughs) No, I'm not not that humble brag type stuff. No, 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 no. Maybe. You know, maybe we uh we we have a good guest or something. We have yeah. a good week of shows. You know, we'll be like, oh, we killed it this week. But nah, that was I, I was too new in the game to be like pounding my chest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So, who was your favorite host on the fan growing up? I gotta throw a name out there again. My favorite on the on the on the fan is Lori Rubinson. Just throwing her name out there again. But who is your? Well, Lori favorite? does good work. Yes. Lori does good work. Um, I would say for me, the guys I listen to the most. Mike and Chris, obviously, because they were institution. Joe, and more Joe when he did the overnight than when he did the midday, because I used to fall asleep with the radio on. And then the other guy who I listened to a lot, and I worked with him as an intern, actually, when I was at Sirius, and he's a crazy cat, and he's pretty damn good at what he does, Adam Shine. So those are the three guys that I would say, for me, as like someone who grew up with the radio station, it was like Mike and Chris, Joe, and then I got into Adam Shine and then working with him at Sirius. I was like, this guy has got his shit together. Wow, that's man. Mm. Go, go on. Uh, hold. Do you have something to say or no? No, I'm good right now. Uh, sorry. Um, all right. So your show title. How do you pick JJ yeah. after dark? There's got to be a story. Did you write? It's like when you're writing lyrics, you crumple it up and throw it out. Did you have a whole list? Like, nah, that's not a good one. Well, guys, listen, this is a great story, and I'm glad that you guys brought up this question. I did not come up with J.J. After Dark. So I play on a men's league baseball team, um, and I did for many years. doesn't look like there's going to be a season this year, but nonetheless. um, And one of the guys on the team, when I won the contest, I knew I had like three or four weeks before my first show, and he goes, J.J. After Dark. And I was like, you know, I like that. Yeah. I think that sounds really, really good. I'm going to roll with that. It does go good. I did it the first couple of shows. Then I got an email from one of my uh, bosses. Now, I don't know if this was Mark Chernoff or Eric Spitz at the time. And basically, they were like, eh, count the JJ after dark. Yeah, we don't need it. So for a couple of months, I didn't do it. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't know why. It was basically like, the hell with it. I'm going to do it. If I get yelled at, I get yelled at. And sure enough, it became more and more of a staple where, I mean, geez, I, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to get like typecast, you know, like guys in like a mob movie or, you know, like uh, anybody on Full House where you're like, or a soap star where it's like, oh, that's all you can do. So in some ways, I've always been very, very mindful of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm on during earlier times, if I'm filling in or I'm, you know, doing this or I'm doing that. Uh, we dropped the after dark then, but when I'm on at night, it works. That's that's really right. the best way to look at it. It, it is works. perfect. It's a it's a great title actually. It just sticks. 
Um, yeah. So I want to ask you, you don't have to answer if you don't want. I know they threw you in with uh, Maggie and Bart when uh, Carlin got um, let go. What happened with that? Was there ever an option you were going to be with them, or were they testing the waters? Was it your decision to stay overnight? Uh, a couple of things here. All right, so number one, when it comes to the three-person show, I absolutely hated it. And okay. this is yeah, no secret. Good, I mean, I'm not – listen, I'm not breaking any ground. Like, you know, this is – anybody who's talked to me, anybody who's heard this, I, I just don't like the way that sort of show flows in any way. So right. I made that very, very clear that if – listen, as much as I'd like to be on earlier in the day and get more exposure – that was just not a fun week for me. And I, I wouldn't blame either one of them necessarily. It's just three people, in my opinion, in, in many ways. It's, it's a lot, you know. Yeah. It's a two-hour show. Yeah. You're dealing with calls, <clears throat> trying to get a word in. And for me, the biggest key with doing a show with somebody is this organic partnership that I need. And it's not even the idea of me dominating the show. I don't, I don't look at it that way. It's the idea of, guys, I want to go in. We watch the games now. Obviously, with everything going on in COVID-19, um, that, that's been thrown, you know, 10 zillion different loops around in circles. But basically, for me, it's very simple. I want to watch games. All right? I see you a half hour before the show. Hey, what's up? We'll leave with the Yankees tonight? Great. We're going to do uh, Mets at, at three? Great. That's what I want. I don't want to do shows before I get on the air because I think then it sounds rehearsed. I agree with that. I, I think mm -hmm. it's lame. I, I, listen, everybody's got their own method. But, like, for yeah. me, that's kind of non-negotiable. Like, if it's going to be something where I'm sitting in, like, hour, hour and a half meetings before I get on the air yeah. – that doesn't work for me. So, so like you, listen, you straight up would rather have it be like at a bar just shooting the shit with your friends. Just correct. like because yeah. listen, guys, that's the best to in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'll take it for what it's worth. Yeah. I think that's sports radio at its best. And yeah. you know, that to me is something that is very, very important. I need that partnership one on one in that regard. So listen, it never got to a point where I was gonna be, you know, getting moved or whatnot, but I made that pretty clear to anybody who was listening that I have a certain vision for what I want a show to be. And if I don't feel that's what it's going to be, then guess what? I'll not work on that show. That's all. Yeah. Wow. So if you had one preferred time slot you'd want, though, what would it be? Just like if you had to pick up a letter by yourself. Um, I'm Not even necessarily by myself. A afternoons. I mean, who wouldn't right. want to be on the afternoon? I mean, listen, right. that's yeah. drive to – I'm that's not fun. a morning guy myself. Now, you know <laughs> – the mornings are rough. First of all, I think you have to do a very different kind of show, and our morning <laughs> guys do a really good job of that. You know, they keep it lighthearted. Uh, they're always working in the humor and whatnot. Listen, I can yeah, be funny like, every I'm now good. and again, but I'm not, like, doing bits. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel in a morning radio vibe, that is what the audience wants. That's what a lot of people are looking for. Um, you know, for me, that's not really what I do. I'm more read react to the games and going on and just uh, letting it rip that way. So, you know, for me, I, I think I'm better suited to being on like, you know, like a midday slot or an afternoon slot. The more I could never see myself between the stylish show and the hours work in the mornings. I think the mornings would just be, I did it for a week. It was fun, but man, it like messed me up every which way. Yeah. So, and also touching on like the morning show, like I know there's some like beef that goes on with them and Michael, okay, whatever you stay out of all the radio beefs, right? You stay out of. Yeah. All. I think it's, I think, I think it's stupid to be honest with you. And listen, 
you know, those guys have some fun at my expense, yeah. and it's fine. I'll bust their balls when I need to, um, and, and it is what it is. I don't take it personally. I know some people maybe want me to take it personally, but you have to understand. I, I think the mistake a lot of people make is that they try to make a lot more of it than it actually is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let them think that's their bit. And I always look at it, listen, you're spending 10 minutes on your show talking about me, more power yeah. to you. I mean, yeah. you're good. It's glad that I am, you know, that much of a service to you that I can provide content. So, yeah, you know, like, listen, you get along with some talents more than you get along with other yeah, talents. That's, but that's life. I mean, yeah. if you're in a workplace, there are certain people that you're very, very tight with, I'm sure, at your job. And there are other people that, you know... You hey, talk you, to them when you talk to them. That's you all. know within five yeah. minutes of meeting someone if you can mesh with them. It's just what it is. Like you really do. You know, it's it's just kind of like a organic camaraderie or chemistry you have with someone. So it you is feel just, someone's vibe. You're just like, yeah, I might not get along with you well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's human nature. Listen, yep. that's okay. Like, mm -hmm. but I I think for you know somebody who's on the air, uh, you got to make sure you're in a partnership that works. Right. And if you don't believe it's gonna work. Then listen, it's your ass on the line. That's what right. I tell people all the time. I, you know, I like the idea of the accountability, one way or another. And you know, I like working with a partner, and I like working by myself. I think there are two. You know, there are times where I'm talking to myself, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> I wish I had somebody to throw a lot of this stuff up yeah. against. Yeah. Aside from the caller, that way I debate. You know, I have somebody to kind of keep me grounded. But then there are other times where it's nice in a way where you can just go let it rip, talk to the callers and go from there. So, you know, for me guys throughout my career, I really want to make sure that I get a chance to do partner radio and solo radio. And so I, I hope that I can continue to do that, but we'll see. Right. Uh, before we get into the Yanks, cause I do, I want to touch on, uh, I got this little thing I want to do. So we're all different fans of different teams up here. I'm a Cowboy fan. Brian's a Steeler fan and Mike Hall's a Dolphin fan along with nice. you. Nice. So nice. I want you to give the draft trade, a draft grade for each of our teams you thought on how they did. What do you feel about the Cowboys? All right, Cowboys, love it. Absolutely positively yep. love it. You got CeeDee yep. Lamb who fell into your lap. And I, I thought it. we were getting CeeDee Lamb. It would have been nice. Now listen, I I'm thought we were getting the Dolphins in a minute. But he's one pick away, and yeah. even though Dallas, right, guys, yeah. didn't have that, like, clear-cut needed wide receiver, he's too good a talent to pass Absolutely. up. They go get a center. They go get a defensive back out of Alabama. And the Cowboys are one of those teams that has shown you they know how to draft. So yes. I, I give the Cowboys, geez, I give them an A-. I think they have right. a killer. Badass draft. Very what nice. about the Steelers? All right. Tough to judge because they don't have a first-round pick. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not, you, you can't look at the Steeler draft compared to the Cowboys or the Dolphins who have three first-round picks yeah. and, and, and be a big winner. But, hey, Claypool's a stud. Chase I liked him. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fan of his. I liked him at Notre Dame, and the Steelers know a thing or two about drafting receivers. And, look, I mean, Anthony, the Steelers, Anthony I think – Anthony McFarland, too, the running yeah. back. Well, and that will be the guy probably take the reins from Connor at some point. Yeah. But you're not complaining about that first-round pick with the impact that Fitzpatrick no. had on your defense. I mean, he was all over it the place. Well worth it. Yeah, it was well worth it. Yeah, it was pretty annoying watching him do as well as he did. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly in love. But, you yeah. know, it, it, the one saving grace in making Fitzpatrick not buying in with the Dolphins is what you saw from the head coach. Yeah, I love him. 
that team, the fact that they won five games with that team is, is absolutely insane. Yeah. That team was basically signing me and you off the street, fellas, to go play. And yeah, they won five of their remaining nine games. No. I agree. All right, so what grade do you give the Steelers? A B or something? I give them a B. Yeah, right. B, B minus. Sure. They didn't do anything that would be like, holy smokes, what's wrong with you guys? But, again, tough to be a big winner in a draft right. when you don't have the first yeah. round pass. Now, let's yeah. get to your coveted Miami Dolphins. You and we my got friend. We got to it. Well, I'm fired up yeah. about that. Listen. Um, I'd give the Dolphins an A- minus on the draft. The only reason I'm not giving them an A is because I would have preferred them maybe trading back up into the first round to get one of the stud linemen. But they filled a bunch of needs. They're protecting a hobbled quarterback, but he's a stud. Listen, I am fairly confident that if Tua plays more often than not, he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And they could not pass up the chance in taking him. If they took Justin Herbert, oh, my God, it would have been miserable. Yeah, it would have been a lot of sleepless nights, boys. Oh, my goodness. Justin Herbert reminds me of, like, another Josh Allen. He's inaccurate, can't hit an open – I don't know. I don't want that. Yeah, at least you saw with film. You know, I say this all the time. Don't let the film try to, like, play a trick on you. The film don't lie. I mean, it was obvious. It's not that good. That's it. But with such a better quarterback in game than Justin Herbert, yeah, you take that guy. Yeah, you saw what he was able to do in the national championship. And the it factor and the buzz. Yeah, like I mean, the Dolphins, you guys know this. They haven't had buzz and relevance no. since Dan Marino. Now they got legitimate buzz. What about Jay Fiedler and Ricky Williams? Well, listen, Ricky Williams for like a year or two. Before he went on his like uh, shrooms and marijuana what if, excursion. What about year. what about when you guys passed up on Drew Brees for Dante Culpepper? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Move. I mean, you pass up on Drew Brees. <laughs> you pass up on Matt Ryan. You don't take Russell yeah. Wilson. You wonder why the Dolphins have stunk for two decades. But you didn't like it as whole as Mike said up there. You didn't like John Beck. You didn't. What about Cleo, Cleo Lemon? What about that guy? <laughs> I have to admit, the guy I got sucked in on. Right. You guys Henny. might see this. Uh, Chad Henney. I, really? yeah. I got yeah, sucked in on yeah. For a year, I got sucked in on Chad Henney. Uh, that's one I'd like to have back. I have to ask you, JJ, because, like, me and Mike agree with this. Um, we've always said, like, we'd take the guy from a smaller school who led them to relevance as opposed to the guy, like Alabama, right? When Tua was out, they still were putting up 50 points a game. So how good are these guys? How like? No, but Tua is different, though, man. Tua. I guess. Like, do, do you tell. feel like worried about that though? Like, like how good are they if they're surrounded by the top talent in the NFL? Or like, I am. I'm a big proponent. I've said this since December. At Jordan Love. You got Tony Roma. Tony Romo is a great quarterback. We'll get to that later. So, like, well, no, use Scott. Use the example of Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. He went to Miami of Ohio. That is not People a school like of any relevance. Does he that... went there and he brought them to a winning season. So, like, does that bother you at all? Does that worry you, what Brian Listen, I think each situation is different. You know, Deshaun Watson came from Clemson. Clemson, That's a big-time program. He ended up having great success. Um, Eli Manning, who is, I think, a future Hall of Famer, Ole Miss. Um, Tom Brady, even though he was a late-round pick, Michigan. So, I I think it is a case-by-case example. Look, Tua was surrounded by talent. Yes, uh, I can't overlook that. His wide receivers are going to be playing in the NFL. Joe Burrow was, too. Joe Joe Burrow was as well. And, guys, Alabama, from an offensive standpoint, before he was the quarterback, their game was predicated on 
running the football, pound it down your throat, let the quarterback basically try not to screw it up. All that changed when Tua became their quarterback. Now, maybe it's the changing landscape in college football and Nick Saban being smart enough to realize, I guess what, i got to open it up in my offense in order to win. But, I mean, look at what Tua was able to do. I mean, he played as well as any Alabama quarterback not named Joe Namath. So, he took it to another stratosphere. The only question I have about him, guys, is durability. That's it. If he plays, I think he's going to be good. Really my don't. favorite, my favorite thing about him is when he throws to a receiver, he puts it in a spot where like the receiver can keep running. It's not, you know what I mean? Like he leads receivers, he throws them open. It's not just. Uh, he's well, very he's accurate. insanely accurate. Yeah, he's yeah. insanely accurate. And my thing he's usually with quarterback is, you need that. Yeah. You can't teach That's that. The most you know, important like, thing you can have. Like Josh Allen has all the tools. Josh Allen's accuracy is still a problem. And I got to be honest, the Bills, as good as they are, and I think they're the favorites to win the AFC East, yeah. unless you tell me Allen can really improve in that area, that to me is going to be something that holds them back. I think that's why they really drafted Jake Fromm in the later rounds because just in case. Yeah. It could be a little bit of an insurance policy. Also a fifth yeah. round pick, too. So, I mean – They're hoping that if, you know, the guy who's kind of throwing his body around like a rag doll goes down for a game or two, they have somebody to feel better about than, dare I say, Matt Ford. You know what? I just can't escape. As a Cowboy fan, I just can't escape redheaded quarterbacks at this point. So, it is what it is. You know what, though, for a backup, I like a lot of people. I like it. People are making a big deal of the the Dalton thing. The guy is getting $3 million. He's going to back off. No brainer. No, No I agree. I agree. And if Dak wa- – now the leverage, if Dak really wants to hold out. I mean, Dalton's not bad. <laughs> like, he's really not. So, go on. But he's not good either. Who knows? Uh, be quiet, bro. <laughs> you don't want Dalton playing playoff games, do you? No, 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 is, no. If you have a situation no. where Dak is out four to six weeks, yes, he's yes. going to be able to win you maybe half exactly. or more than half of yeah. those games. You know yeah. you know what the thing is, though, with the, with the younger guys, especially with top prospects like that at quarterback, it really comes down to, I feel – what teams put around them because when a lot of these guys all right yes they're very talented they can have great careers but they're thrust into situations where they have to win now and they're with a coach who needs to win because if he doesn't he's going to get fired so they just put pieces around them that they think it'll work and they don't kind of put a system together and i listen i'm a steelers fan i hate the patriots i know both of you guys do i know scott (laughs) but you have to you have to take a look at what Belichick does with talent and how he puts his systems together and how people flourish in it. How someone could step in that first year and be productive and actually make a difference. Whereas someone goes to the Bengals and they're a top prospect and they're to shit in two years. Yeah, you know? could, yeah. But think about it with Dalton though. Dalton had success in Cincinnati. Yes. I mean, they had about three or four straight winning years. They yeah. won the division a couple of times. Um, and, and was, I thought Jacksonville is where he's going to end up because of his too, relationship yeah, with Jay Gruden. Yeah. I mean, that's where it started. So, you know, the Bengals recently have fallen on hard times. But if you compare them to, yeah. like, a bunch of other teams over the last, I don't know, six or yeah, seven years, they're probably, like, right no. in the middle of the pack. Well, yeah, uh, I was I, 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 really... I was just I was using the Bengals just as kind of an example, but <laughs> I'm just saying in general, a lot of the younger quarterbacks that go to these teams, Raiders, Bengals, Jags, all of them, they end up 
dropping out after three years and then they back up somewhere and it's like this guy was drafted in the top 10 he was in the first round what happened well, there's no patience well, I mean, anymore. that's the Derek Carr example, right? Yes, yes. I mean, or David Carr. David Carr. David Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. I, I, I do that all the time. Derek, David Carr was a guy who was a top pick and had no chance with the Texans. And you right. know what? He never recovered because he got yeah. his ass beat. He had all yeah. sorts of concussions. And you kind of get that, you know, that shell shock factor of uh, being whacked and being hit. And that is the example to me of a quarterback who, you know, it never was given a fair chance and never was able to handle it. So how did you become a Dolphin fan? All right, so I've been, I, you know, I've been asked this a lot. So right. it's the Jets and the Giants were awful right. when I was a kid growing up. I mean, the boomer, rich, co-type Jet teams. The Giants were like the most miserable team on the planet. Dave Brown. Dave Brown. <laughs> so basically, you know, guys, for me, it was like, okay, this team is miserable. That team is miserable. Dan Marino was doing his thing, you know. It was they were a fun team to watch, so right. that was it. I mean, I'm a young kid. Yeah. I got suckered in. The Dolphins, my squad. You know what? I hope for your sake they're good, but I hate my friend up here being happy, <laughs> so I can't root for him. That's just how it is. That's yeah, all right. I, I, got I, one I, I totally get that. Bragging rights, fellas. Bragging exactly. Rights. Let's God, get is it. Is there a small party? I mean, is there a small party, John, that thinks Jared Stidham's going to come in for the Patriots and be like the next Tom Brady? and ruin our lives for the next 15 uh, years? No. Believe it or not, no, I'm not willing to no. go there. But I will say this. I think there's a grand plan in, pay, in place with the Patriots. There yeah. always is. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's Jared Stidham, but I guarantee you they're thinking maybe about next year's quarterback crop, and the Patriots yeah. will be back. Make no mistake. If yeah. Belichick is there, they will be back at some point. Yeah. So, JJ, you're a bigger Yankee fan than Dolphin fan? Man, that's that's impossible for me to answer. I mean, it's right. like, you know, it's like I, I don't have kids, but, you know, when that time comes and, mm -hmm. you know, you have two or three rugrats, it's like, do you have a favorite kid? I mean, like, and, you know, some parents might say, yeah, I do. This one's a pain in the ass. I can't stand them. But, you know, they're your kids. They're your blood. So, like, for me, it's the Yankees, the Dolphins, and Syracuse basketball. And the Knicks were there. But they have been so bad, yes. and they have just sucked so much joy out of me yeah. that I have to admit, they have, like, fallen down the ranks where it's like they need to, like, somewhat earn my trust again before I'm going to be, like, fully emotionally invested in their overall right. well-being. Because, hey, listen, the Dolphins haven't been good, but it's the NFL. It's 16 weeks a year. It's easy to look past. I mean, the Knicks, for the better part of two decades, guys, it's been miserable. Oh, yes. So, I, I can, long story short, though, that's an impossible, impossible question. For I just have answer. to, I just have to say, I'm a Kansas Jayhawk fan, and I'll never forget the '03 championship. So, it is what it is. God bless. Akeem Warwick, baby, in the corner. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a horrible time. So, oh, yes. so what, how'd you become a Yankee fan? Was it just your your family upbringing? That's normally what happens with baseball. I feel. I mean, my dad is a Yankee fan, yes. My yeah. mom is a Yankee fan, yes. But it was more me just getting into it myself. I mean, it's 93, you know, Don Mattingly. I'm starting to play. And, like, the idea of just watching him every night became, like, my thing where I became, like, baseball obsessed every which way. Uh, baseball cards, video games, playing. So, you know, from, like, 95 on, I mean, I've been a fanatic every which way. I feel like the 95 season right. is really the first for me where, like, I vividly remember details and games and particular plays and whatnot. So and you, then, I mean, you got your heart broken in 95 with, uh, you know, the hit down the line in Seattle. That was the first time your soul was ripped out, right? 
Oh, I hysterically cried, you know, after remind me. I mean, I was crying like a baby. I made a total fool of myself. But, you know, thinking about that series, as painful as it was, who knew four yeah. out of five titles would be coming your way. So, you know, looking back on it now doesn't hurt nearly as much. Uh, sometimes you got to lose heartbreak in the win. Happens. Yeah. What's who your knew favorite? in 2000 that yeah. would be the last time we got to watch the Dolphins win a playoff game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost 20 years. Don't remind yeah, me. 20, uh, 20 hey, years. Crazy. What, was, what, what was worse for you, JJ? The 95 loss for Seattle or Marino 63 to 7? Oh, the Jaguars. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the. I always say, guys, when you lose a game like that, yeah, get blown out. Yeah. It's, it's a lot yeah. easier. It's easy. It's like, wow. Yeah. We suck, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we didn't belong. We were yeah, like, we we field is that team. Now, it was depressing because you knew probably it was going to be Dan Marino's last game in a Dolphin uniform. Mm -hmm. But anytime you lose in stunning fashion, like 95 or the LeMayu and to Altuve last year in the LCS, or I, I think back to 2002 when the Dolphins had an 11-point lead with five minutes to go, trying to clinch a division, choked to the Patriots, Jets smoked the Packers, and then the Jets with a team winning a division. That is always going to bother me a lot more than my team just getting flat out whooped. I'm pretty sure one year Mike blamed the Florida Marlins for the Dolphins losing because, like, the oh, dirt was – No, it was Oakland, I think. Okay, yeah, because he said Olinda Mari couldn't hit a field goal on dirt. Field goal the dirt. Olinda well, Mari. not only in Oakland, but in Miami for a long time. Or maybe it uh, was. The Orleans were playing in that stadium. And <laughs> there was a game the Dolphins played in New England. And mm -hmm. I loved Olinda Mari. I mean, he was clutch kickers. Yeah, he was I like guy. Him, um, He had a good career. But he was kicking on the infield dirt, and he missed like a 35-yard chippy yeah. that would have beat the Patriots. And that was when New England – now, listen, that continued over the years, but that was like the rise of the Patriots. Yeah. They never, ever won in South Florida. And I remember they walked off that game with a Troy Brown touchdown. Brady chucking it down the field to Troy Brown. They won that game. Jeez. So as a diehard Yankee fan and Dolphin fan, would you ever – I don't know if you're married or dating someone. Would you ever date a Red Sox fan, a Mets fan, or date a Jets or Pats fan? Or No, not at all. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. I Now, listen, my girlfriend, thankfully, rolls with the punches. She's a big right. Yankee fan. She comes to me all the time. Um, football, I'll be honest, guys, she is not a big fan of. Like, she, she is a casual fan, but she does not appreciate the fact that on Sundays I'm basically a zombie for 11 Useless. hours. And yep. Guys, you know, this is a great story. So, basically, we're in a couple of years into dating, and she lives in Astoria at the time with two of her girlfriends. So, you know, I slept over the night before. I'm watching the Dolphin-Jet game at one. And, you know, it's a three-hour game. It's over. And the Steelers are playing the Seahawks at 425. And, I'm, you know, I had a couple of bucks on the Steelers. It's, it's football Sunday. I ain't moving off the couch. Mm -hmm. And, like, the roommates, I could tell, were like, is he just going to sit here the whole time? <laughs> so, basically, yeah. I didn't, they didn't say anything. But they basically said it without saying, yeah, after this 4 o'clock game, I got to scurry back home yeah. and get ready for Pat's Broncos in yep. my place because I can tell that I am no longer welcome. So <laughs> that whole idea of football for 11 straight hours every Sunday is not yep. something she's in love with. Um, yep. But, you know, she came to one. We went to London together for Dolphins. We've gone to Miami for Dolphins. I hope we could go to Miami again at some point. 
Um, so, you know, she, she knows for my sanity that she wants the Dolphins. To you know what? Like, yeah, they can't understand. Some of them don't understand how – and it's fair for them. Be honest. Like, it is kind of ridiculous how we could literally sit in one spot for 12 hours and just watch yeah. one sport. It's true. But that's, can, what we, that's what we do. See, yep, and the yep. problem for her is her brothers are sports fans, but they don't – they're not like us in a sense no. that you're, they're going to be there 11 straight hours yeah. on the couch. They'll go outside. They'll do this. They'll do that. So when you grow up with that, yep. and then you all of a sudden are thrown into somebody like me, it's yeah. a little bit of a culture shock. Yeah. She accepts it. That Listen, that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. It is acceptance. She deals with it. She doesn't love it. But, hey, football Sundays, guys, it is what it is. But the best is, though, sometimes, too, they, they, they catch you because there'll be a weekend. I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the beach? And she's like, why? Did the Cowboys play on Monday night or is there a bye? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so what? <laughs> so you got to choose your battle sometimes, you know? Well, guys, I will say that the work excuse between Perfect. not yeah. only doing yeah, overnight Monday, but the idea of I'm doing a Sunday morning gambling show at SOI and Listen, I miss being on TV. That's why the beard is coming in crazy. My hair's all over the place. Um, I miss doing TV, but I do my gambling show Sunday morning. So basically, Sundays, I'm like hitting the ground running, working every which way, which helps. I'm glad that's you true. broke that up. I'm glad you broke Sorry, go, Hall. Sorry. Yeah, like that, that's a question I was going to ask you, too. Like, is it a lot funner doing or more fun doing radio now that you can actually talk about gambling? Because we, we're big gamblers, too, especially with football. Um, listen, it's something I've always done. Mm -hmm. I've definitely embraced it more over the last couple of years. And, you know, there was a time where it was like, oh, how dare you talk about gambling? Yeah, that's what I mean. Now, listen, that was such entitled BS garbage every which way. And it's like, (laughs) you know, like one of the worst kept secrets on the planet. So now, because not only a station like FAN, but you see on ESPN, I mean, they're showing the point spreads yes. every game. Like, yeah, you, it's legal you, now. Yeah. It, it, it is Americana every which way. I enjoy talking about it. I never want my show to be exclusively a gambling show. Right. Gotcha. But there are plenty of times where, yeah, Football Friday, you better believe I'm going over every game and I'm going over oh, every yeah. spread. Right. Because guess what? People want to hear about that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm man. sorry. Yeah. They do. I know I do. Segue into that. Can you give us your worst gambling law? Like, not money-wise, but just like a game you remember. Like, are you kidding me? Like a last-second shot or some, or a dumb bet you made. You're like, why did I even bet this shit? Always, it's always, it's always the bad beats. It's never the game that you get crushed. It's funny. We were talking about that with 62-7. to 7. You don't remember games where you're dead wrong. Like, for example, I picked the Packers to cover against the Niners in the uh, NFC title game. Yeah, Could have been more wrong. Yeah. That's an easy one to yeah, sleep yeah. on because it's like, wow, I, I, I just messed up. I was dead wrong on that game. But one I was thinking about uh, the other day, the national championship game with Villanova in North Carolina. And listen, I, I guarantee you. Is that the Marcus fall- Page three-pointer followed yeah. by the three? Yeah, Nailed it. Now, listen, I'm sure – that if I go back and dig up some bad beats over the years, I could think of ones that were way worse. But just to have, like, your heartstrings kind of pulled with the idea of a remarkable, insane shot to tie the game, laying a point, and then seconds later to have, boom, the three-point shot go in, I was uh, 
I, I was rather sick that night. I was rather <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. All right, JJ, before we let you go, there's something I love to do with our guests, right? Gun to your head segment. Did this with CeeLo. Do this with all the rappers. All right. I like this. Okay. First thing that comes to your mind, whether or not you're picking it's some are sports, some aren't sports. It could be anything. You ready? Let's do it. Scorpion or Sub-Zero? Oh, Sub-Zero. Nice. Blow Pops or Tootsie Pops? Pops. All right. Last shot. Game seven of an NBA final. Do you want Reggie Miller taking it or Ray Allen? Oof. Wow. Reggie Miller. Oh, I agree with that. I'm with you. All right. Would you take a Dolphin Super Bowl if it meant – Five years of Yankees last place seasons in a row. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> Yankees have won how many times? That's why. Listen. That is true. As, as much as I love the Yankees and as much as my summers would suck, guess what? I've yeah. seen five championships. They have paid right. their debts to me in more ways than one. And I don't know if the Dolphins are ever winning a Super Bowl. So, yes. Yes, in not a lifetime, five years, I could suck it up for five years. Right. I'm going to be unbearable if the Dolphins ever win a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's why no one's <laughs> two of us. That is two of us. All right, this is from my friend uh, Glicos who threw it in. Old Yankee Stadium or New Yankee Stadium? Oh, my God, Old Yankee Stadium. That's yeah, not even close. It's not even close. He also wanted to know, ninth inning, would you rather have Mariano on the mound closing or Jeter up at bat trying to win? Mariano on the mound closing. All right. From my brother who couldn't join tonight, would you rather catch a TD pass from Marino or a third strike from Rivera to win the World Series? Uh, considering that I probably run the worst routes as a wide receiver imaginable, <laughs> hell yeah, catching a pass from Dan Marino. All right. Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones? Wow. That's a great one. Game of Thrones. Okay. Even I would with the Sopranos, ending? the ending sucked. Okay. I understand the end, but it was so good. Sopranos over both. And yeah. shameless plug, we got Steve Sharippa and Michael Imperioli the next two nights, Bob. All way. right. Nice. Uh -huh. Best uniforms ever. Yankee pinstripes. Okay. Uh, De Niro or Pacino? Pacino. Ooh. Jay-Z or Nas? Jay-Z. Jaws or Jurassic Park? Jaws. Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese Doritos? Cool Ranch, all day. All right. <laughs> Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees? Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I'm with you. He was the man. <laughs> <laughs> so, four sports. This is what we asked CeeLo. You could have a walk-off in a Game 7 World Series home run, overtime goal to win the Stanley Cup, uh, hit a game-winning shot, NBA Finals, or catch a touchdown pass on the Super Bowl. What do you take? Walk-off homer. I yep, I think yeah. most people think that. Yeah, walk off home. I could pimp, you know why? Because I could pimp it around the base. That's why. <laughs> yep. Fun dip or bubble tape? Oh God, uh, I don't know. Bubble tape. <laughs> Would you rather be a contestant on Legends of the Hidden Temple or Double Dare? Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, absolutely. Blue Bear so stupid. These kids were so stupid on there. Would you rather face a giant spider or giant snakes if they took the world over? Spider or snakes is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, like 50 feet high they grow. Spider. Really? That would creep me out. Huh? No, well, I'll no. be honest. What would scare me above all is like a room, you know, like Indiana Jones has like the yeah. room of snakes. If I was in a room of cats, forget it. 
Uh, I would never make it out alive. No, that like you know, like these like crazy cat ladies yeah, at yeah. like twenty or thirty. No, dude, that would like creep the you know what out of me. That'd be crazy. Uh, Mario Party or Super Smash Brothers? Smash Brothers. Right. Yeah. Mm. Would you rather have a billiard table or a ping pong table? Ooh, billiards. Gotta ask these two final ones: cargo shorts or jean shorts? <laughs> oh no 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 no! Jean shorts and no no cargo cargo. You have to do one cargo. <laughs> yes, definitely cargo. Who wears jean shorts? I'm oh, there. Make a the comeback. No no. I mean, listen, I, I, I'll admit when I was like in middle school, that was like a thing. Like people were rocking. <laughs> yeah, the jean back shorts. in the day. Then you get to high school and it was like, oh, dude, you can't be wearing these anymore. No good. Yeah. Took a little longer for me to get the memo. That's <laughs> nah, all right. <laughs> all right, last one. Once again, this could decide if we're friends. Rivers or Romo? Romo. Yes! Whoa! We got three to one on Romo versus <laughs> Rivers. So CeeLo's the only one to pick Rivers right now. So we're better friends, me and you, than me and Nice, him. nice. I'll make sure he knows that. <laughs> we'll let you go, JJ. Plug yourself. What's going on? When can we catch you and where? Well, guys, I'm overnights Monday to Friday, FAN. Saturday now, I'm working during this crisis, 6 to 10 p.m. And I hope that at some point I'm going to get back to SNY whenever we get back to programming. So, you know, for the time being, it's a whole lot of staying safe, uh, remote radio shows. Uh, Social distancing, golf, and runs, and uh, and talking to guys like you. Nice. Awesome. Hey, let man, let me ask you. Let me gone. ask one more question before he goes. Now, being as you're in, you're in the field that you're in. Do you have any type of like? And I, I wouldn't want to get you to give away like secrets or anything like that. But do you have any type of like insider information on what they're doing as far as like uh, canceling with baseball season or anything like that? Guys, I can ensure you. I have zero insider information. If I did, I'd love to break it. Uh, I'm with all you guys. I follow along with right. Jeff Passan, and, you know, I saw the Trevor Ploof tweet that yeah, was so out earlier today. Yeah, he just July 1st or something. Yeah. Well, listen, I hope Trevor Ploof is a genius because yeah. I'll sign right now for yeah. baseball on July 1st. July, yeah, Long story short, guys, listen, I I'm not trying to minimize this. I know this is serious, and mm -hmm. I know people have been affected. But at some point – we need sports back in our lives. I'm yeah, sorry. Like, these, for, for our sanity, for our medical, you know, first responders. Like, I talked to so many doctors and police officers who are coming back at night and they say, man, you know, I'd love nothing more yeah. than to come on Turn and, you know, on. have a game to talk about. So, yeah, oh, yeah, listen, as soon as it becomes feasible, we need sports back. Even if there's nobody in the stands. We need it happening. I'm sure your girl. I'm sure your girlfriend's at the point now where she'd love for you to sit and watch football for 11 hours. You're probably yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right about that, guy. Yeah. She is. I'm shocked. She is fully on board with sports coming back, so that way I can stay out of her hair. Yeah, yeah. amen. <laughs>